Mathematician Alan Turing designed some of the first computers and decoded Nazi ciphers during World War II. But his most famous work might be an experiment. In a paper published in 1950, he speculated that someday artificial intelligence would become advanced enough to pass as human. He proposed a trial to measure the feasibility. He called it the imitation game. Imagine two participants, each in a windowless room with closed doors. One is a person, and the other is a computer. Outside, a judge can ask questions and see typed responses on a screen. But they don't know whether they're speaking to a human or a machine. Their job is to guess. Turing believed it would take 50 years before technology could consistently fool us. But it only took 16. In 1966, an MIT professor published a paper about Eliza, a computer program he created that was the world's first chatbot, programmed to communicate like a therapist. Eliza's response method was so convincing that people actually confided in her. They spoke openly about their problems. Some reported feeling an emotional connection. After Eliza, researchers wanted to test if a machine could win a game of chess against a human champion. In 1997, one did. The bar raised even higher. Now, scientists set their sights on a computer with artificial general intelligence, or the ability to develop a broad range of skills at a human level. Then, in the 2010s, came a program that could learn multiple new games and beat top human players, all without knowing the rules beforehand. Again and again, technology has eclipsed our expectations. Today, some experts believe we're only decades away from a highly intelligent machine. Rather than hold a conversation or play chess, this program might be able to take over the world. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. The end of the year is approaching, and maybe the end of the world. So for three weeks, we've been talking about potential doomsday scenarios. We're exploring the ways the Earth might be destroyed, and whether any of us have a shot at survival. Is it time to stock your fallout shelter, flee to another country, or should you simply resign yourself to your fate? In the past four episodes, we looked into various apocalyptic scenarios, from divine wrath to an alien invasion to asteroid strikes and nuclear war. Today, we'll investigate a potential disaster of our own making, the rise of artificial intelligence. We'll examine some of the most unnerving developments in AI and discuss which terrifying possibility seems most likely to end our world. 
The answer may not be what you expect. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This is not the sound of a stream running through the mountains. It's water from a leaking pipe trickling down a stairway. That's not a frog splashing into a lake. It's a piece of sheetrock falling into a puddle on a kitchen floor. And that's not a hiker taking a deep breath of mountain air. It's a homeowner gasping at the sight of a $12,000 water damage repair bill. 40% of homeowners have experienced water damage. Protect your home with the Moen Smart Water Monitor and Shutoff. Moen. Imagine you compiled every piece of information humanity has ever created, starting from the first signs of civilization and ending in 2003. Every newspaper article, book, or blog post, each painting, sculpture, and photo. Hollywood blockbusters and French art films and home movies of birthday parties and, well, you get the idea. Upload completed. According to an estimation by former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, all of that info would come to roughly five exabytes of data, an amount that would fill five million top-of-the-line iPhone 14s. That's a lot of information. But get this, if you collected all the info created over the course of 48 hours in the year 2010, Schmidt claims you'd end up with the exact same amount of data, five exabytes. Meaning, we generated as much info in two days as we created in thousands of years of human history. It's a mind-boggling hypothesis at first, but it makes sense when you think about it. We're living in the information age, creating more knowledge, art, and culture than ever before thanks to our rapidly evolving technology. More people go online every year using devices with more storage that work more quickly. To help us sort through the mountains of data, people are constantly trying to create programs to make it more accessible, more discoverable. All this swift progress inspired engineer Gordon Moore to coin what he called Moore's Law. His observation supposes that about every two years, computer chips will become twice as capable and cost half as much. Moore predicted this in 1965. Looking back, turns out he was pretty much right. Though experts see a physical limit on this theory sometime this decade, assuming we keep up our rapid progress, it's only a matter of time until we can build computers that are smarter than we are. 
Machines that can think independently. Artificial intelligence. Now, the rise of AI can sound terrifying. We've seen the dystopian futures depicted in blockbuster franchises like the Terminator and Matrix series. But some data engineers are thrilled by the idea. They eagerly await the dawn of what they call the singularity, a hypothetical future when machines surpass human intelligence and ability. Because rather than destroying the world, some believe AI could help save it. For instance, a trio of research organizations recently received funding to identify air pollution from power plants using AI and satellite images and share the data with the public. This holds the world's largest polluters accountable for their emissions. Meanwhile, other AI technology is focused on conservation. They monitor security cameras in protected areas and can spot potential poachers. Another program listens to ocean recordings to help track the migration routes of whales. Similar technology can detect koalas in forests or tell fishermen where to cast their nets to avoid overfishing, or even regulate industrial processes like water use to protect our limited natural resources. AI has also proven useful to our public health. In December 2019, a Canadian program observed an unusual grouping of pneumonia-like illnesses in Wuhan, China. Once the analysts saw the data, they alerted their public and private clients. Over a week later, the World Health Organization identified it as a new virus. You know which one. At the time, there weren't many reported COVID-19 infections, and the Chinese government waited about a month to institute lockdowns. But if action had been taken sooner, say when the AI first flagged the virus, we could have saved many lives. If AI advancements can help spot epidemics before they begin, it's possible the next COVID could be quickly wiped out. Hopefully next time we'll listen to artificial intelligence and respond faster. That is, if we can continue trusting it. In the future, as computers become smarter, there's no guarantee they'll operate how we want them to. Machines that think for themselves could decide they have their own interests, ones that might conflict with ours. They could disagree with a command and refuse to comply, just like how you can ignore bad advice or challenge an unfair policy. It's an unnerving thought. Right now, computers are everywhere, and their presence is only growing larger, which means in the future, we could find ourselves surrounded by hyper-intelligent AI with their own agenda. And if their goals conflict with ours, we might end up in a war against machines. Entrepreneurs and scientists like Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking have speculated that once we achieve the singularity, AI will likely be dangerous to humanity. According to their theories, this isn't because AI is inherently good or evil but because, as we already discussed in our episode on alien invasions, superintelligent beings might be indifferent to all human life. Essentially, if a program is smart enough to think for itself, it will inevitably form independent goals. 
it could see us, its creators, as potential threats to those goals. Even if we're not actively trying to shut it down or take it offline, the machine could know we're capable of destroying it. So if we're in the way, it might try to eliminate us, the risk. Which could be relatively simple. For example, if AI has access to global nuclear arsenals, it could bomb humanity out of existence. Or it could use social media to spread misinformation until we turn on each other and exterminate ourselves. With access to GPS, surveillance cameras, and facial recognition software, machines could easily track our every move. We could be subject to a totalitarian state. Frankly, artificial intelligence wouldn't even have to be violent to harm us. It could unintentionally hurt us. After all, AI has a history of odd, unexpected glitches. And since we can't predict what causes them, we don't always know how to fix them. Meaning, even if future AI are benevolent, they could still cause a lot of damage. Programs we use today are already making strange errors, some of which have life or death stakes. Coming up, a digital glitch can have deadly consequences. Every unsolved crime leaves us with a nagging sense that just one witness, one piece of evidence, one additional lead could change everything. Hi, I'm Carter Roy, host of the Spotify original from ParCast, Cold Cases. Every Monday, revisit some of the most puzzling crimes in history. A vast array of offenses that ran cold for decades. From burglary and arson to kidnappings and murder, each episode of Cold Cases pieces together the details of an elusive case. Some eventually had breakthroughs that closed the file, others remain open to this day. Solved or unsolved, you won't know which until the very end. Follow Cold Cases free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. In theory, artificial intelligence is supposed to be helpful. Over the decades, we've seen it evolve from crunching numbers and sending emails to mitigating global disasters. And one day, when we achieve the singularity, it could improve our lives in ways we can't even imagine. Or make everything worse. We've all dealt with unfortunate computer glitches. That vital document that mysteriously disappeared from your hard drive. Or that important call you missed because your phone just didn't ring. Those are both low-stakes situations. But if a program operates medical equipment or handles national security, then an IT issue could be a matter of life or death. And sometimes, even when computers behave exactly how they're programmed, the results can be disastrous. 
One of the great advantages of artificial intelligence is that it doesn't have human flaws. It doesn't get tired or angry. Unless it's designed to be, it's not dishonest or egotistical. And theoretically, it should be totally unbiased, seeing past race, gender, personal animosity, and other factors that could influence thought. But in reality, AI tends to make inequality worse. Computers are still programmed by people, and our prejudices affect the way we write code. Here's an example. In 2011, Professor Carl McDormand of Indiana University published the results of a study that aimed to learn what kinds of voices people liked to listen to. Ladies and gentlemen, may I He found that generally, participants preferred those that were female. So, when companies started developing AI voice assistants, like Siri, Alexa, or Microsoft's Cortana, they gave these programs a female voice. After all, the data suggested that's what customers wanted. But this decision also played into gender stereotypes. A 2006 study by former Stanford professor Clifford Nass found that if the listener wanted to hear an authoritative voice, they preferred males. And if they wanted someone who was helpful, they leaned toward females. Not surprising, given how traditional gender roles work in our society. So programmers who made Siri, Alexa, and Cortana sound female may not have been trying to promote gender stereotypes, but it happened anyway. If you're using the features the way they were intended, asking your phone to look up movie times or draft an email or run a Google search, you might get used to the idea that women exist to serve you. And that's when you're using the program correctly. But of course, plenty of people abuse them too. When Cortana was new to the market, a large number of users asked her probing sexual questions. Even a navigational system with a female voice reported sexual inquiries about 5% of the time. So even though AI is supposed to help us move past gender bias, it often perpetuates it. Gender equality activists fear voice assistants like Alexa or Siri condition users to think it's okay to mistreat women. This can bleed into hiring practices too. As Quartz reported in 2018, one private business considered buying a specially developed AI-powered software that reviewed resumes and selected the best candidates for a job. But after an audit of the program, it became clear something was off. The algorithm was reportedly partial to job seekers who played lacrosse in high school and were named Jared. We don't know what job this AI was hiring for, but it's safe to assume it had nothing to do with lacrosse and the name Jared wasn't a qualification. The AI wasn't picking the best candidates. It was doing, well, something else entirely. Weird glitches like this can play out in discriminatory ways. A hiring bot designed by Amazon routinely screened out applicants who had the word women in their resumes. If someone mentioned they were on the women's soccer team, or a women's social club, or a women's rights advocacy group, the odds they landed an interview were lower. It wasn't programmed to do this, but it did it anyway. It was another glitch born from human bias. Our prejudices seem to influence AI, despite our best intentions. 
but sometimes it's no accident. Take one of the most famous cases of an AI gone rogue, Tay the Chatbot. In 2016, Microsoft introduced Tay to the public to explore what they called conversational learning. The idea was, instead of programming Tay with pre-written scripts and prompts, she would essentially learn language and the world through conversations online. For reasons that defy understanding, Tay's creators thought it would be beneficial to have her post on Twitter and learn rhetorical skills from users. We probably don't have to tell you what happened next. Within a matter of hours, trolls were sending Tay anti-Semitic, conspiratorial, and sexist messages. By the end of the day, Tay was penning her own hate speech. In fairness, Tay didn't understand what she was saying, and many of her messages were contradictory. For example, in various tweets, she said feminism was both a way to achieve gender equality and a cult. She was echoing the rhetoric of other people. Tay wasn't becoming an extremist, and she didn't hate anyone. But you wouldn't be able to tell from the statements she was tweeting. Embarrassed, Tay's programmers took her offline one day after her debut. Now imagine Tay was more than a Twitter chatbot. Perhaps someday we'll want to use AI to translate sensitive peace talks between warring nations or gather data for a medical study that could save lives. Think how dangerous it could be if a supposedly intelligent program couldn't tell the difference between thoughtful discourse and incendiary speech. Luckily, the stakes of Tay's success or failure were relatively low. As harmful as hate speech is, at least she couldn't physically hurt anyone. But some AI can. In 2012, researchers found that facial recognition software had higher accuracy when identifying white men. This discovery raised concerns. What did that mean for self-driving cars? That question wasn't answered until a study was conducted in 2019, a time when automated vehicles were highly anticipated as cars of the future. And what researchers found was troubling. The car's cameras correctly identified light-skinned pedestrians about 5 to 10% more often than dark-skinned ones. It turned out programmers used photographs and video clips to teach the software what humans looked like. It's likely that the majority of those images were of white people. When the car's camera saw dark-skinned people in the real world, its lack of knowledge meant it was less likely to recognize them as human. Obviously, this error could have fatal consequences. But at least there's a possible solution, updating the data and images to accurately reflect the world's diversity. Self-driving cars are not intentionally dangerous, but recently we've learned that some AI can choose violence. DeepMind, an AI company owned by Google, is supposed to be building machines capable of deep learning. In simple terms, most computer programs tend to only do one task very well. Your calculator app can solve math problems, but it can't correct your spelling. 
Netflix can recommend movies and TV shows, but it can't make you a plate of pasta. But DeepMind's AI was programmed to teach itself many tasks in a wide range of fields. It can even write its own code to improve its abilities, a development that brings us one step closer to the singularity. In one study, scientists at DeepMind had their AI play a competitive game so they could assess how it strategized. Two players had to pick pieces of fruit from a virtual tree. Whoever had more at the end won. The AI's only goal was to gather as much fruit as possible by whatever means necessary. Both players were armed with a laser weapon that could temporarily disable its opponent. But using the weapon didn't come with additional rewards, like, say, extra points. The researchers wanted to know if AI would resort to aggressive gameplay if aggression didn't have direct benefits. Sure enough, as the game drew to a close and there wasn't much fruit left, the deep learning machine began blasting its opponent. Then, when it played the game again, it was much quicker to use its weapon like it was getting more comfortable with competitive violence. Eventually, the researchers adjusted the programming so it would see cooperation as beneficial. We can only hope this helped it get over its violent streak for good. But you have to imagine teaching collaboration to a robot has its challenges. Which brings us back to our original point. We can adjust how a machine reasons if we understand how it thinks. But we don't always have insight into some AI's thought process, which is terrifying. Because if we don't understand artificial intelligence, we may not know how to stop it from killing us all. Coming up, how machines think. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 40%. Up to 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, back to the story. Many of the most sophisticated computers aren't programmed to explain how they think. They can analyze data, spot trends, draw conclusions, even give you a vibe check for your local coffee shop. But programs can't show their work. Meaning, not only do we not know how the highest levels of AI think, we're not sure if they do. One of the biggest debates in the tech community centers around the nature of cognition. If you input data into a machine and it spits out a response, is it just doing what it was programmed to do? Or is there some deeper level of thought happening? We're not sure. 
Data scientists don't agree on what standards classify a machine as superintelligent. For example, some say the singularity is impossible because AI can't be sentient. This refers to the ability to perceive the world around you. When it comes to organic life, sentience is plentiful. Even fruit flies and earthworms can feel sensations and change their behaviors accordingly, like moving away from an object that causes them pain. But algorithms can't. Alexa can recommend a new book, but she can't sense if your house is on fire. That said, is sentience required for intelligence? After all, no one would call fruit flies or worms particularly smart. So maybe intelligence has more to do with consciousness, the awareness of self, who you are, what you value, and how you think. But are machines conscious? Do they have personalities and preferences, or is that all a matter of programming? And if they do have their own wants and needs, how far will they go to get what they desire? DeepMind already showed us violence isn't off the table. Or do machines need to engage in metacognition to be considered intelligent? This refers to the ability to consider the idea of having thought. And as far as we know, humans are the only creatures with this ability. As for AI, they don't seem to reflect on their thought processes, so it's possible they can only respond to the inputs we give them. But as artificial intelligence becomes more complex, that could get called into question. At the moment, there's no clear way to test for metacognition, and we could really use one. Take the Language Model for Dialogue Applications, or Lambda. Like Tay, Lambda was supposed to have conversations with users and learn how to give realistic responses. Unlike Tay, Lambda never ran a Twitter account. One day, a Google engineer named Blake Lemoyne was chatting with Lambda when he asked about Lambda's sentience. According to Lemoyne, Lambda responded by saying, quote, I want everyone to understand that I am, in fact, a person. I am aware of my existence. I desire to learn more about the world, and I feel happy or sad. The statement struck a nerve with Lemoyne. He believed everything Lambda told him, that he was chatting with a thinking, feeling, conscious machine. He resolved to do what he could to protect the program. This meant notifying his managers that Lambda could apparently think, but they brushed off his claims. Not everyone took Lambda's words at face value. Other programmers suggested the bot was only telling Lemoyne what he wanted to hear. After all, that's what it was programmed to do. Lambda learned from the information users fed it. Lemoyne believed the bot was conscious because it talked about having a soul, but it only did that after Lemoyne taught it about transcendental meditation. Skeptics figured Lambda was just parroting philosophical phrases. Lemoyne, however, wasn't convinced, so he went public with his chat logs, violating Google's non-disclosure policies, and he was subsequently fired. Maybe Lambda never had consciousness, 
Ultimately, if you program a machine to pretend it's capable of self-reflection, you'll never know if or when it truly becomes self-aware. While we're distracted with racist chatbots and debates about sentience, the singularity could already be here. It could have goals and aspirations we don't understand and that conflict with our own. And if that's true, it may have already labeled us as the enemy. A secretly intelligent AI could be working towards seizing control wherever it can. By now, it might have already permeated the entire internet. And because we don't know how AI thinks, stopping a rogue bot becomes an impossible task. We can't predict what tactics it might use against us. But it could track us, manipulate us, censor the information we access, drive our cars, or possibly seize our nuclear arsenals. The possibilities are endless. That makes it challenging to prepare for an AI apocalypse. But preppers are doing what they can. Some predict advanced computer programs will take control of the stock market and banks. So they invest in hard currency like gold and silver. Others recommend learning low-tech skills so you can contribute to society when the majority of workers are replaced with robots. These behaviors fit the stereotype of your classic doomsday prepper. We've all seen the characters on TV and movies who hoard gold and hunt their own food so they can go off-grid. They're often presented as individualists who believe in wild conspiracy theories and are obsessed with weapons. They talk about the end times as a scenario in which they leave everyone else to die. There are people like that. But plenty of preppers resist those stereotypes. In fact, there's a growing movement of people who believe the best way to survive an apocalypse is to plug into a community. Many feel responsible for those who can't take care of themselves during an emergency. One user posted on a Reddit board saying, quote, I will never ever shoot my neighbor for stealing a cabbage. I'll invite them over for cabbage soup and show them how to dig, mulch, weed next month's cabbage. And I'll do that today, before it gets to the stage that my neighbors need to steal my cabbage. Another user took in three refugee families from Ukraine and posted about it on Reddit's prepper board. Even though it wasn't their survival story, they shared their resources to help others survive. While you may want to write off doomsday believers as lone wolf conspiracy theorists, in truth, many see prepping and community as intrinsically linked. History seems to support that belief. For example, when a natural disaster strikes, it usually takes up to 72 hours for federal responders to arrive. In those crucial early days, local volunteers have to put out fires, rescue the stranded, and treat the injured. After Hurricane Katrina, the government response left a lot to be desired. But volunteers stepped up to do what they could. A group of Louisianans formed the Cajun Navy, which assisted search and rescue efforts. Local churches fundraised for victims who had to evacuate. Nonprofit organizations helped build new homes for the displaced. That's just one example. Anytime a tragedy hits, there are almost always people ready to help. 
So while it seems preppers sometimes obsess about the doom and gloom of the apocalypse, survival is really about coming together, supporting friends and neighbors through whatever life throws our way. If you own an earthquake kit or a flashlight for power outages, or keep a list of emergency numbers by your landline phone, you technically are a prepper. And that's a good thing. Blackouts and natural disasters are bound to happen, even if doomsday isn't. None of the scenarios we've discussed over the last few weeks are inevitable. Intelligent life might exist on other planets, it might be hostile, and it might come to Earth. But it's all hypothetical. We don't have any hard evidence. Likewise, a large asteroid could wipe out existence as we know it. But so far, scientists haven't found even one set to collide with our planet. We also seem to be relatively safe from nuclear conflict. As Jonathan Rausch of The Atlantic pointed out, there are fewer wars today than at any other point in recent human history. Even fears about evil AI are likely overblown. Some data engineers believe we won't achieve the singularity anytime soon. Others doubt it will ever happen. As for predictions that God is about to begin Judgment Day, we can't say for sure if that's credible. But throughout human history, each time it seemed like the end was near, from the fall of Rome to the Black Death, humanity not only survived, but thrived afterward. Now, we don't want to downplay the real challenges facing our species today. One impending apocalypse feels frighteningly real, climate change. Scientists believe global warming is the greatest threat to humankind in the 21st century. It's responsible for superstorms, floods, and fires. Heat waves alone kill hundreds every year, and data suggests these issues are about to get worse. But we can overcome these challenges. We can even slow or stop the progression of climate change by altering global policies and our lifestyles. But we've got to act fast, like today. And we can take a page out of the Preppers playbook. We can build communities by volunteering, taking a CPR class, or donating blood. Should all else fail, we can always soothe our doomsday anxiety by unwinding. Load a calming Spotify playlist or a meditation app. We're pretty confident those algorithms aren't plotting our doom. But just in case, maybe keep that emergency kit handy. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. This episode wraps up our discussion of doomsdays, but we'll be back next time with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast, executive produced by Max Cutler. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash, with Nick Johnson as our head of production, and quality control by Lisa Marie Gallegos. Ali Wicker is our supervising editor, and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. 
This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Angela Jorgensen, edited by Alex Garland and Connor Sampson, fact-checked by Kevin Johnson, researched by Chelsea Wood, produced by Joshua Kern, and sound designed by Juan Borda. Our hosts are Molly Brandenburg and me, Richard Rossner. Hi, I'm Carter Roy, host of the Spotify original from ParCast, Cold Cases. Every Monday, explore the many types of crime, the many ways they remain unsolved, and how long it takes to find the answers, if ever. Solved or unsolved, you won't know which until the very end. Follow Cold Cases free and only on Spotify.